Thank you for joining me. My name is LMC. This is episode number 10 of the Flame, the Frame of Flower podcast. I'm joined by a very special guest. His name is Ryan Porter. He is the CEO of Top Tender, an educational platform for bud tenders and for uh, managerial uh, uh, managers to educate bud tenders. And, and uh, we'll talk more about Top Tender, but thanks for joining <laughs> me, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, dude. Happy to be on. Yeah. So tell me, tell me about Top Tender. Just give me kind of an overview summary. You know, how, why did you come, how did you come across this business and why did you start it? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, just being completely upfront, man, we try to figure out what we are, what we're doing every single day. Um, you know, we're a startup like pretty much every other business in the cannabis industry. Um, we're just focused on trying to help brands connect with bud tenders. Um, and through that, you know, we kind of have to create some other valuable connections um, to, uh, to bring value to everybody. But, um, you know, the key is uh, really great industry. Um, a lot of people want to get into it. We want to help bud tenders learn directly from the brands that are manufacturing great products so that they can be the, you know, great at their craft, great at their job and grow. Um, we've got some tools for retailers, but your retailer doesn't need to be a part of it. Um, you can, it's like, I kind of relate it to LinkedIn a lot. You know, you can, you can be on there, even if your company's not, you can participate, you can learn, you can educate yourself, document it, um, you know, and get the best job you can. Yeah. And show proof of, you know, I've done these courses and then also on the brand side, right. It helps brands out, right. Because the, especially Absolutely. in Washington state, right. Cause we have this kind of unique, uh, uh, legal structure, right. Because the split between, uh, there's, there's no vertical integration allowed. So you can't own a producer processor and a retail at the same time. Uh, obviously there's ways to get around that, but, um, not officially. So, the, well, but to stop you there, yeah. I mean, it happens everywhere, like even Colorado, right, which was like super vertical, um, you know, down there, they've got like the MIP license, so marijuana infused products, you know, you're still, um, you know, a lot of these vertical companies, they're not going to be able to invest in like, um, kind of like everything it's going to take to be a great edible producer or some of the others. So even in vertical markets, uh, you know, I think as the markets mature more, we're going to see more like MIP style brands or things mm. like that More in these companies. Yeah. yeah. And you Absolutely. know, the, in general, the, I'd say I would anticipate the selection increases like across the board within stores. Um, you know, maybe like obviously in Washington, we have like crazy selection with stores having 1300 different products. So like maybe we don't see it, but in everywhere else, like if you kind of like, I know you've been to planet 13, checked it out. Um, I think they're continually growing in their product selection as they are mature. Yeah. That, that place is ridiculous just in terms yeah. of just like the operation there. Um, Cause that's actually the first place we've met was in Las Vegas. Um, but yeah, but for planet 13 though, if for the viewers, if you guys ever in Las Vegas, go check out planet 13, it is insane. They have like a, a check-in booth, right? It's very organized. It yeah, was they, it was too busy though. I, I I couldn't wait in line. I'm 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 one of those impatient people that was like, if I saw a line more than 15 people, 10, 20 people, I was, and it was crazy though. It was insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. So lots of products. Um. You know, and uh, always, I'd say, I think for bud tenders, always an opportunity to learn about the new products. I remember it was like a couple of years ago. I was talking with um, the team at Headset, and we were like, I was working in another company in the past, um, and at that time, which was must have been 
2018, there was like a thousand new products a week that they were wow. seeing across the U.S. That's insane. And that's just like, yeah, I mean, you know, like you were, you've worked yeah. with a lot of different people. Like I bet you the majority of the companies, you know, and that you kind of touch are probably still in some level of R and D like their product line is far from being created. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's a couple, a couple of companies right off the top of my head that are, I mean, everyone's trying to differentiate themselves. Right. So that I think, and, and in, this, in this new market. So I think that also is one of the drivers for this massive increase in products. Uh, different types of products um but yeah no 100 percent um there's there's crazy ideas i've heard out there i mean i don't want to that's, yeah. that's why it's such like a crazy industry i mean yeah you know one of the cool things that we see in top tender that like always like i have to remind myself like so we human verify every single bud tender that signs up mm-hmm. um you know they have to answer some questions via text message that helps you just us want to confirm them. that they're a bud tender correct yeah we okay. i mean that's like yeah. the value we're bringing to the yeah. tables like these are um it's a, you know it's a place where you can actually talk to that bud tender collect feedback things like that so it's not it's not for consumers maybe someday we'll do something like for consumers with that data but yeah. you know really we're just focusing on that but the crazy thing that i always get reminded of is how many bud tenders literally like entered the industry today like it's Very like true. you know there's just there's a ton of turnover for sure so much turnover but yeah. um you know like i don't know if it's good or bad like i kind of like i balance back and forth but i'm just like wow like i'm just like we're human verifying these profiles and it's like oh how long you've been bud tending 2020 2020 yeah, yeah like it's just 100%. like they're brand new and um you know that's what i always talk to brands about is like dude like whatever they learn about first is what they're going to sell first i believe that's, and then that's and that kind of just comes down to the whole like I don't know, like psyche of it, it, which is, you know, when like, you know, backing up a little bit, like Luke knows this, but you know, I had a store that I opened in um, late 2018. And that was one of the reasons that led me to build top tender was, you know, we worked really hard to get about 700 products on the shelf. And I saw firsthand what it was like when like my team didn't have a sales pitch and didn't have anything to say around a product. And I was like, damn, this is hella scary. You know, like we just really worked hard um, you know, to, uh, to open the store and to stock the shelves. And like, you know, one thing, like, I don't know how many people like really like internalize like what it means to stock the shelf. But like when you buy a hundred grand of wholesale, like that's really your money. That's just straight up tied up. Yep. It has to to go checking account into my store. Yeah. Um, and so like, if you think of like big stores, like I can only imagine what that kind Just of really headache, feels right? like. Yeah. Like imagine if you're like main street marijuana, right. And you're doing like yeah. 1.2 million in cannabis sales. Um, you know, that means you've got like 1.2 a month. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That means you've got like 600,000 bucks a month that you're tying up in inventory and different than any other, like, or most other retail industries. Um, like many of the retail industries, you can actually get like financing or terms on that. Um, in California, you can get the terms. That's like a whole another problem that I'm sure you've heard and read about since you're such a big blacklist fan. But um, but like here, like that's just straight up like the owner's money. Yeah, no, 100%. And I just want to make it clear, though, to the viewers. So it's a platform. So brands can upload uh, educational uh, um, content uh, to you know specifically explain in their own way. Uh, to the bud tenders, what they are offering, what are the, you know, what's, you know, what, what are, what is the overall offering of the product? 
then I also want to say too is all the viewers, this is a true entrepreneur right here in front of me. He saw a problem and he fixed it and now he has a business out of it. And yeah. I mean, you're one of my favorite entrepreneurial like people in the cannabis industry, without a doubt. I mean, you are, you are, you are a natural entrepreneur. Yeah. Cool. You know, Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you saw a problem and you, you went out and solved it yourself. Yeah. Uh, well, and actually, you know, I, I, I heard it. about it from a brand, um, you know, cause so the backstory was, uh, I first built an online ordering platform, um, for the recreational industry. It was acquired by a company called Baker Technologies. Baker Technologies was predominantly a loyalty and text messaging platform for retailers. Um, they also had so they wanted to products. collect data, or they could they could attach uh, customer profiles to. Uh, uh, well, primarily, like you know, I think you mentioned recently, you talked about getting text messages from stores. Um, you know, but so like you kind of join a store's loyalty program, mm -hmm. they would track your visits and kind of incentivize you. Um, so our my uh, our menu company was acquired by them. So we went to work for them, and uh, they did a lot of text messaging for customers. And like, it's one thing that's crazy about the cannabis industry is like they use text messaging like like nobody's business. Yes, yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, at one time Baker was sending sending over thirty million text messages a month on behalf Whoa. of cannabis retailers. Wow. Yeah, um, but so I is was this just in brands. Washington State. No, no, everywhere. Everywhere, okay. The, yeah, across that's the still, nation. That's still insane. Even, I mean, that's still Puerto nuts. Yeah, yeah, Jesus Christ. But so I was, uh, when I went there, um, it was kind of like, hey, well, like I was interested to go work for Baker. Like, you know, they bought my company and um, I just wanted a new challenge and I wanted to like help more people. So um, we started talking to brands and we were like kind of, you know, we we're talking to them about, hey, hey, do you want to like market to consumers? And like one brand that like I really respect and that's like a really great brand. They were like, hey, Ryan, like, like consumer is like not even our customer yet. Like they're like, we need to solve like the first problem, which is like a bud tender knowing about mm. our product, knowing how to talk about it. And I was like, ah, oh, light, like kind of light bulb started to go off. Yep. Got a lot of other feedback like that. And that's what led me to, um, to launch top tender. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And the, yeah. Well, you know, you, you touched on like, what is it? Um, yeah, I, I just, just want to confirm it for the viewers. Cause yeah, uh, completely. Yeah. And that my thing is like any company out there that brings a product to market, um, I really, you know, especially like, let's say Luke is bringing a brand new, like, let's just say a pre-roll to market here in Washington state. He literally is going to have 5,000 people representing his product, um, kind of telling consumers about it. They, they say that, um, the bud tender, uh, you know, he'll deal with a, a couple hundred patients a day. Um, and 92% of them will take his recommendation. So his, uh, you know, his, his uh, recommendation is a really big deal. I'm sure he has the right knowledge. would be a big deal. Yeah. Um, so, but he'd have 5,000 people he's trying to train. So um, that's yeah. a big thing is like, and the 5,000 people are the bud tenders by the yeah, way too for the viewers. Exactly. Cause, and, and that's just one thing. I mean, if you're in Washington state, you probably assume that, but yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's insane. 5,000 bud tenders. They're all from different companies, but they are your frontline sales people to exactly. the end consumer and they're critical. And that's why there is this missing piece, um, you know, and Ryan, you know, and Top Tender, you know, they, this is what they filled. I mean, for space, so a company I worked for was Spaceweed way back, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. And that specific brand, because of the unique technology behind it, it had to have education behind it or it was going to bust. And now education 
for the consumer, we were doing pretty well and the end consumer we were okay with, and, you know, we were doing, we were slowly getting better, better. But the big problem is these bud tenders that we just didn't have a, a microphone to, to scream this to, to them all and to explain to them all in a, in a, in a, in, a, in an educated way and also a trackable way. Yeah, absolutely. Trackable is a big deal. Yeah. Get yeah. their feedback. I mean, yeah. um, you know, like there's just straight up, like in our industry, there's plenty of people that like people that manufacture or create a great product that like, they think it's going to sell for, you know, ton of money. And like a butt tender will tell them like, not a chance, yeah, dude. Yeah, like I am yeah. not selling this oil <laughs> for 60 bucks a gram. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Like, you know, um, and it's so, so funny it's, hearing that though. when people are like, you know, like we got the best weed in the state, in the world. And like, no, you don't. You have the exact same weed. It's just a tear. You're, you're like, yeah. And you, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but yeah, no, it's just, it, it kills me. It's just, yeah, it's it's just like these, these growers that are just, I mean, it's not, but you don't really see very many of them now, but a couple of years ago, there was like these growers just in this kind of like self utopia that like didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't realistic. Like it, it was just, yeah, a lot of ego built in there, but, um, no, hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's, it's a, it's a critical, it, especially in Washington state, but I mean, you guys are in how many States though now, right? I don't even like count the States, but like, um, most recently, um, PAX, uh, they're one of our like, kind of like, um, big clients, uh, almost like our token client. Right. Yeah. Um, they just launched the new era pro in, um, Pennsylvania and Massachusetts. Wow. So, so like the last couple of weeks, wow. like all I'm seeing is just straight up Massachusetts and Pennsylvania stores. Wow. So, so that's crazy though. Cause that, that just popped, you know, light bulb in my head is where you're kind of at the point now where, I mean, you obviously are helping uh, support them, but the brands that move into States, you kind of move with them. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. Wow. Yeah, that's exactly. smart. So, that is so smart. Damn. So, yeah. you know, PAX, um, like if you look at PAX, they have, they, they've only launched a handful of devices in Canada, mm -hmm. uh, right? Because Canada's like um, kind of just entering uh, cannabis 2.0. So they yeah. won't launch era pro, which is the newest device with the smart pods. Um, they won't launch that probably for another few months, but um, yeah. yeah. So we work with PAX, um, you know, throughout the entire U S and all of their markets. Um, and then we also, um, you know, our tool, can solve a lot of problems, but you know, it, it happened to us really early on with Fairwinds where they said, Hey, we've created this really great certification within top tender. We've certified a ton of bud tenders, but they're like, we just hired like, you know, a few new people and we need to train them. So, um, mm. you know, brands also use it for their internal training system. So, uh, you know, really great. Like, I don't know. I find a lot of pride in creating it, trying to build the best system that is, um, doesn't let the bud tender down. Like that's my biggest fear is, you know, I think there are some states that have kind of like some education that's like mandatory and, or maybe yep. it's like the medical consultation. But it's but not like, brand specific, right? Not it's, brand specific yeah. at all. But like my biggest thing is like, I just don't want this. I don't want to wake up to like a press release that the state just bought some like piece of crap software mm. that like bud tenders are going to be like, wow this thing sucks i can't believe we're using this system so yeah. our biggest like you know as a like technologist like we're trying to solve building a great learning management software that works for bud tenders um you know like one of the cool things about our system is you don't have to remember a password you just put in your phone number text you a code you like we just operate with the idea that like if you give a bud tender a password like as a software you will fail 
And passwords, and I, I know a little bit of the history behind passwords. Passwords were never a secure way. People, they like most, you know, like Microsoft, they, everyone at Microsoft that works, you know, over in, you know, right uh, throughout Seattle, they, a lot of those people, I, I don't, I think it's actually a mandatory now. They have to either have facial recognition or a thumbprint because yeah, I mean, passwords are, passwords can be hacked. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. And that's the you, reason I mean, multi factor is definitely the safest. Yeah. Um, but uh but you're just making it easier on the butt tender right trying to remove the friction for it um you know we do not want like brands giving bud tenders like crazy long education we want them giving them like flashcard style information so if it's a one minute or three minute training like i don't want that password reset to like waste five minutes of the bud tender's time absolutely and you're not going to remember it like that's just the bigger thing is like yeah 100 percent. like there's it's just too hard to remember all the crazy passwords. Yeah, I so. barely remember most of mine, and I just have autosave. And now this point, it's just, yeah, it's it's. Dude, we're about to hack Luke. No, no, guys, don't no. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I got it. I got it all in a, a one password system. So if you hack nice. that, that's the way to go. It, if yeah, but if you hack that though, then you got it. Then you got everything. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Dude, data security though. I've been yeah. talking about this for a while. Um, you know, like huge shift with like. COVID, um, and then also just like in general, like cannabis businesses, um, you know, I kind of think more about the retailers when I think about this, but like, they're so weak when it comes to like their security across all yeah. of their systems. That definitely scares me. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and there is some somewhat sensitive uh, uh, consumer data in there, right? Because you have customer profiles, people connected to products and it's it's not like a it's not like somebody getting health records right, but it's a couple tiers below that a little bit. Right? Yeah. Necessarily, some people may not want to have like let's say somebody gets hacked, a company gets hacked, and then they have the name of like oh well we know that this person purchased this much of the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously, completely. it's probably kind of far out there, but yeah, I think that that definitely could be a, a huge problem for sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's insane. Um, so, and then really quick, I want to go over just so you can, so brands can also directly text with butt tenders, right? Yeah. So, um, our paid version of the product gives brands like, um, it's called brand premium, gives them a few things, but one of the keys is like, um, building a text message list of like, their like most important bud tenders. Uh, you know, it's very much an opt-in where a bud tender can say like, oh, I really love Halo. Um, you know, I want to opt in and be like in a two way text message with Halo and Halo has been doing a lot of really great stuff. Um, I'm super yeah, impressed great. by them. Yeah. Uh, they're, uh, so they've got a whole, um, set of courses that'll be launching pretty soon. They already have like half a dozen courses. They probably have another like 10 or so that are going to be all video courses, um, that are really great. But like every, every tote or shipment that they send to a store, like has a, like a little like three by five card in there. That's like, Hey, like text this number to join our like VIP learning. Um, So they're really building their list um, through a lot of ways, text to join. Like if you go to toptender.com forward slash packs, like that's packs custom sign up page. Um, So a lot of great tools for people to build that text message list. And what's cool about the text message list is uh, Instagram's not going to delete it. Facebook's not going to like only, you know, send your message to like 2% reach. Like you're going to have full reach of that list. And, um, 
you know, when, when kind of shit hits the fan, like you can really reach out, you know? Um, Absolutely. You get feedback directly from your people that are on the ground and a hundred percent. That's such a key thing that a lot of cannabis companies that are, I think struggling right now, there's the ones that are doing well. I mean, they're getting their feedback from customer and consumers and butt tenders. Um, and yeah, hundred percent. And that's one of the cool, that's like one of the, one of the cool things I think that has come about is like, I'm sure you've seen it, but, um, you know, let's, let's call it like the first, you know, three years of Washington's industry. Like I know a lot of people, I got a lot of free stuff, like, because they work the job (laughs) now. And this is what some of the companies are recognized. They're like, I'm not giving away this free stuff without getting like the permission to market to them, who they are, what they think of my product. So really great brand that I love working with down in uh, California's friendly farms. Mm-hmm. Um, they do uh, amazing extracts and uh, they've got, you know, a couple different, um, you know, uh, processes that they do with it, but they do a lot of collabs. Um, so, and they're like, everybody wants to try their shit, but like you have to go through, you have to go through a whole certification and then, and subscribe, you then get access to a premium course that they have in Top Tender where you fill out like your swag bag, like like order oh, form. And you get smart. like the super hookup. That's smart. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like, yeah, because I, I noticed like, I mean, you got to have enough to incentivize them to go all the way through and do that. So, but a lot of brands don't, you know, but, but, and, but in a lot of brands, like, they're doing something like I've seen, yeah. um, I've seen one brand at an event where like they were just giving away one joint. It was a bud tender event. So they were giving away one joint and they were like having them sign up for an email marketing. And like, that's pretty good. And that's pretty cool. But email marketing is like open rates are like high single digits where text message is like, uh, I think 98% open rate within yep. like, uh, yep. yeah, like Absolutely. within Crazy. minutes. Insane. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. And so. it's like, you're either going to get a response or you're going to get, I mean, yelled at, or you're going to get, I mean, like, let's not, yeah, not yeah. You can opt out. Like it's super easy. Not like, for this just, specific service, not for top tender. I'm talking about like when I go to retail stores and stuff and you know, they keep sending me stuff. And yeah. Stop. But yeah. But no, but I mean, all those text messages services, you can just say stop and, and then, uh, you know, it's good to go. But I think on the brand side, like if you're a butt tender and you're like, if you really like support a brand, like you get a chance to like create that real connection, like literally their phone number that they like when that it sends you messages, like when you text back, it literally just looks like iMessage with the brand. Yeah. You can ask them questions, like everything. So that's, yeah, no, that's, and it's so, it's so, so important. Yeah. So you can check it out. Toptender.com. Link down below. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really, it's a way to scale up your communications with your, with your, your, you know, your salespeople, you know, your frontline salespeople or in association with. Absolutely. So yeah, that's top tender guys. Go check that out. Top tender.com. Like I said, link down below. Okay. Yeah, free to sign up for bud tenders. Yes, we did not, it's, we did not say that free for brands for the initial service or yep, no? There's, yeah, there's, yeah, there's um, right a great platform that like for brands, uh, unlimited courses you can create, unlimited quizzes. That's free. And then um, if you want to text, free right? for bud tenders to join. Yeah. Um, and then there's even a, a free retailer platform within Top Tender. We are launching a paid version of the retailer platform. That's pretty cool. Comes out next month. But um, you know, it really I want it to be a great resource for even like the small brands out there who you know might only like grow twelve strains. Yeah. Um, like I'll kind of highlight the high road. It's a really great 
smaller grow out of Deer Park, Washington, north of Spokane. Um, but they grow like some like some really great flower. They grow just like the biggest like like these huge pot. They don't like just like full plant crazy growth. Like we've been out to the grow there, but like every strain that they grow has a course on top tender and they get really great engagement. That's awesome. And, the, and say, yeah. you know, they're smaller. They're only in about 50 stores, but they uh, need stuff like this, you know, like space weed was a little bit of a small brand. It's still, it's still, you know, it's starting to grow, but it, it, these niche brands, they need this. They, they need yeah. it more so than the bigger ones. Obviously. I think it's yeah. and like my big push, you know, yeah. if there's any brands listening to us is like, I would tell someone to spend their first hundred bucks, like in bud tender training. Yeah. I just Absolutely. think that's like, you know, I think you got to, you got to think through kind of where to spend that, that very limited marketing budget. Um, and I think, you know, that the, in general, like creating training and education so that you don't have to give training out of your mouth every single time is super helpful. So helpful. It's just, it's scalability. It's really, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's so, so helpful. Okay. So yeah. So that's top tender guys. Definitely go check that out. Um, okay. So I want to transition to, I've been, I've been talking to, I have a few people that have contacted me. Uh, they've seen a couple of videos I've done on like cannabis delivery services. And I was really, yeah. I was really interested in your thoughts on, on this uh, with terms of cannabis delivery, where I, I actually, I just did a segment earlier today and I'm quoting uh, somebody, somebody, I'm quoting uh, an article, but they said that and I, I don't like to use this term, but like the cockroach, the thing that you can't get, the last thing you can't get rid of of the black market in the future will be these cannabis deliveries, illegal cannabis delivery services. That's funny. Yeah, I know. I thought that was kind of an interesting way to put it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just, I guess like in terms of will you ever offer maybe for top tender, like something for delivery? I don't or I guess that's not really it because they're ordering yeah. exactly what they want. I mean, yes, yeah, so that's different. Um, I don't know. Delivery, delivery, which kind of potentially creates like um, a direct to consumer for brands is super interesting. Um, you know, that's already available in California in general, like, you know, cause I was in the online ordering space um, kind of starting in 2016 and uh, like I was just like not for delivery just purely on like the safety side of things. Like I didn't think we were ready yet. And I, I thought about that, like from like the retail owner side of things, which is like, I don't want to put one of my employees out on the road with, you know, maybe a thousand dollars worth of product and a couple hundred bucks in their pocket. Like um, I think that's just like too much of a risk. You know, at, at for, this point right now, at I, I this can, point yeah, right yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we did have some customers that had delivery and I was always like really shocked how many of them were like just trying to take like a bud tender and be like, yo, go delivery drive where, you know, I grew up in yeah, Washington and some mm -hmm. of my best, like most of my friends all were pizza delivery drivers. Like that's a skill. I you mean, know, yeah, you gotta, I, my, my best friend was a pizza delivery driver. He was for like 10 years. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. like they need, they got to be super street smart. Yeah. Sometimes you don't go to that door. Yeah. And like, sometimes you do certain things to get that extra tip. Like my, my buddy would tell me, he'd be like, I was, you know, cause he was up in Bellingham, he'd be up in Ferndale 
a little bit more of a conservative place. So you pull out his chain with his, you know, and do certain things. But no, you got to be savvy, especially, yeah, 100%. All these I was just going to say, man, that pizza pipeline driver knows what's up. He yeah. is not going to do something that puts him in danger. No, and yeah, so absolutely. I just think like, those are the types of things that we have to really think about for it to work down here. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I've heard stories about people in California that like have got super legit operations. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, you know, I know like coming, I mean, there is, I think a little, little bias, I guess here with, uh, retail owners, because I mean, they're the only access point right now, obviously. Um, but I do think though that, like for example, California's had these delivery people forever. Yeah, because they went from medical straight into that, and they because they had all the illegal delivery services with Weed Maps and stuff. So that's been there. I think people are more attuned to it. So I think um, you know we'll slowly uh, you know I guess transition it because it's, it's going to happen no matter what. It's yeah, I mean, if I was a, if it's I was a consumer and had the opportunity, I'd probably want to create more of like the drug dealer experience personally as a buyer where I would have a good relationship with them. Um, I honestly, I mean, like maybe if it was just like Uber Eats where it's like, I have no idea who the person is, like maybe I would use it tons, but at the same point, I think I'd also like just want to like have a great relationship. And so as that comes alive, I would love to see like a delivery company just have like the best technology, know me really well, like keep notes sort of thing on me. I think that would take it to the next level. That would be the over top, like, exceed my expectation experience that would be would kill it yeah absolutely yeah and kind of do like a house order you know a house dude call. i get yeah. i get blown i get like i get really surprised that cannabis retailers don't do a better job at that um yeah i think they gotta they gotta grow on their own but um you know they got some systems in place to track loyalty but like there's it's some dude yeah. that's connected with you that like could drop some notes in their in their you know their contact system and like know a little bit more and like treat you. Where do you shop by the way? Um, it varies. Uh, it varies. I like, you know, I'll go up to uncle likes. I'll go over. I'm right by in East Lake area. Right. So yeah. yeah so the joint, that's just kind of a proximity thing. I'm just closer to that, but yeah. I do, I do like uncle likes. I like, uh, I like a few different places. I'm, I've re I just recently like moved back like about a month and a half ago, uh, officially back into Seattle. So I'm going to, nice. yeah, but, uh, no, I, I like, uh, I like a few, you know, a few different places, but yeah, uncle likes is a good place. Uncle likes is just, I mean, they're taking over, uh, all the ways there. Yeah. I think they're up to, I think they've got, or they'll have five stores when they get their new olive way location yep, opened up. Yep. Yeah, that's so, going to be open in like a month, right? I asked one of the bud tenders uh, the other day when I was over there because I, I knew yeah. that was going to – that was happening. They had, they've been planning that, though, for what a while. Right? A while, yeah. Um, Main Street Marijuana, which has three stores currently, primarily like in the Vancouver, Washington area, um, but they've been like number one in Washington yeah. State forever. They've yeah. got a First Avenue store opening up pretty soon in Belltown. Wow. wow. So that's They're moving – yeah. And by the way, for viewers, Vancouver, Washington is a weed – selling machine town like that 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 like that's not the best way to put it but like that town is it's right on the border of oregon right you can go from portland to vancouver in what like 30 minutes yeah yeah it's like it's like spokane you know there's a couple places over in spokane that do pretty crazy numbers from idaho and stuff but uh 
Yeah, no, they they have some they have some good shops. I've met a lot of retail uh, owners from there, um, and they they were on their shit compared to some other ones that I know. Yeah, were, so that that'll be interesting to see them come into Seattle yeah. and kind of shake it up. Yeah, yeah I mean Seattle. We've been seeing. I think you've done some stories on this lately, but we've been seeing like a lot of changes. You know, in yeah. uh, in Seattle, kind of like. Um, one thing that's been unique about Seattle is we've had like 502data.com and topshelfdata.com, which kind of showed this leaderboard of, uh, of all the retailers and it's been super interesting. Like, you know, have a hearts really kind of fallen off where they were a top five store. Um, you know, what do you, what do you think real quick about have a heart though? Cause I, you know, with the last episode, you know, we were talking about, uh, how, you know, he was from have a heart that episode number nine, Chris, shout out to Chris, by the way. Um, but I didn't know at all that have a heart. And I learned today, I didn't realize that harvest health purchased have a heart, right? Yeah. Harvest health. Had purchased. Yeah. And then they sold, they just sold eight of those locations in California to high times. Right. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I just found about that today, but um, they named the, the, but the, but the, 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 the have a heart stores that are, that are owned by the other owner, the main owner, the owner that originally uh, started it. He changed it to a cannabis story, right? That's what it yeah, was. Yeah, up in Washington. So all the stores yeah. in Washington got changed yeah. um, and like kind of like fully rebranded. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really know the details of it. I think though, ultimately, um, you know, effectively like Harvest Health had to have a heart name. Um, perhaps like they figured out they were going to probably sell those stores ultimately, like just like flip those yeah. to high times. Therefore, like the have a heart name kind of had to get removed from the Washington stores. Mm. Yeah. It's not really clear kind of what the story well, there's is there. One, there's one still up in, um, uh, because after I did that, uh, podcast with Chris, I, the couple of days later, I was driving on like Bothell way going into Lake city way. Yeah. yeah. And that have a heart store, that new one is still all branded that way. I think, um, so yeah, that's a Lake Forest Park store. Yeah, yep. And I think it's now called Mr. Green's. Really? Yeah. This, okay, I swear I saw how it could be. Yeah, maybe I didn't look close enough. Um, that's yeah. just like, our, that's like, I mean, that's our crazy, our crazy yeah. industry. Like we've Everything's got, changing constantly. we've got unique laws within Washington State that an owner can only have five stores. Um, that kind of keeps our competition down, although our market is crazy competitive. Mm-hmm. Really um, too competitive sometimes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is good. Competition's always good. It's gonna make us it's gonna make us strong in in the, in the long run, a hundred percent. Yeah, but Have a Heart yeah. Belltown straight up was my favorite store. Yeah, I just thought it was such a badass experience. Anytime my friends would come into town, I would take them there, and like people were like, like my friends from Atlanta were just like, I remember I took them there, and they're like, holy shit, they're like. They thought it was like a club, you know, like, and they were like, they, they had that vibe. They were feeling it. Yeah, um, no, it really is right next to the cookie store too. Like I, I also yeah. love that. Just that specific partnership that they had, uh, that cookie store is still there. I right? think it's changing, man. Uh, oh, so they're really yeah. connected to have a heart, man. I don't know what, no, I don't think, it, I mean, I don't think it has anything they, to do with might- that. I just, I don't know what they're doing with that, that location. You know, back in the day, that was going to be a juice bar. That was uh, originally going to be like a juice really? bar before it became the cookie store. Yeah, well, I know. And for the viewers, this is what we're bringing up. Bringing up Burner. Um, <laughs> every single episode. Brian made a joke, by the way, to me the other day. He's like, dude, you bring up every episode. I was like, yeah, you're literally right. At this point, it's just got to be an ongoing joke now. But 
uh, but they do have a they do have a connection though, cookies and have a heart, right? They it's yeah. not like obviously like a tie, you know, but they they realize we can help each other. Yeah, um, I think it came together. Um, you know, when Burner was in town, shot marijuana mania two mm-hmm. or three, which was the Seattle episode. Yep. Um, you know, I think he kind of was able to you know make a good connection there, and that they've done some things together. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But the thing, so, you know, I know you're a big, like, fan of his, like, three-pronged approach. Oh, the three-pronged marketing technique, yes. (laughs) You see, you know, Burner's got some smart people with him. Oh, yes. So. That's, uh, I, I, yes, I don't give the people behind him credit enough because, uh, and obviously that's the case. I mean, he, but what I will give him absolute credit for is he, him and then, you know, his, his, like, you know, Shout out to Stingy, by the way. He's a, I heard he's a manager, right? He's the manager of him. One of, I think he's an assistant, but I don't know. Some, yeah, somebody told me a manager yeah, a couple of days ago. Um, but, I mean, the fact that he put those people in place, though, he knew to put those people, that's, that's key. I mean. Um, I love, I love what, um, I love what he's doing, like, on the media front, you know, kind of, he has his own platform in many different aspects. Um, it hasn't been out there a lot, but you know, he's got, um, he's got a deal with a guy by the name of Joshua Otten, um, they, which is his company's called Ronin. And so they're behind the social club app, the social club TV, which is like their Netflix. And, um, Josh previously had co-founded, uh, prohibited, which was a big, um, kind of media network and the cannabis space uh, based out of Los Angeles. So Josh knows what's up. And um, yeah, I think he's running the kind what's of... What's the name? Josh? One more Josh time. Otten. Josh O-T-T-E-N. And okay. uh, his company's called Ronin. Ronin, um, okay. Yeah, you'll... If you'll Is go it Ronin like the uh, stabilizer, safe spelling? R-O-N-I-N, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know what the stabilizer is, but it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a, it's a really... Yeah, it's a big stabilizer company. But, you know, like on the media side, like, you know, yeah. he's, he's got people around it. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, from the branding, whoever he put in charge of the you know, the creative direction with the branding and, and the clothing, which is insane. I mean, the fact that they could sell volume of $125, $150 sweatshirts, I mean, just speaks to the brand. And that's that three-prong marketing te- technique, baby. But uh, <laughs> I don't know that I believe in the three-prong marketing I, technique. But. I don't know necessarily. I mean, it's a pretty loose idea. I mean, I mean, this, this is like, I saw this one time when I was waiting, he was younger. He was talking on like a breakfast club interview or something. And he was talking about, cannabis and he brought it up he was like you know it's it's sound the three-pronged marketing technique sounds more official than it is but it's really just leveraging celebrity and you know listeners or viewers yeah with your product and intertwining the two there's also a lot more into it i think too like culturally and like all of the culture of the he makes good music that's like what i loved like yeah i mean he just does like he just makes some killer music um there like needs to be more like dedicated weed music yeah absolutely yeah you by chance listen to uh uh puffs uh music or her song that she dropped like a couple weeks ago i didn't know she dropped a song that's crazy Dude, you gotta check I it. Gotta, is it is it dope yeah, or is she, it? it's it's not my thing but it's kind of like it's not I think cringy, if I was, it's not super cringy or no it's not super cringy it's, like damn, okay, it's, that's it's kind of interesting and like if you're you know kind of millennial age like 20s smoker girl like i think you'll probably rock with it hell yeah well i'll have to check it out then <laughs> i was dumbfounded when i saw it i was like what or when i heard about it, i was like wait how'd i miss this i gotta go see this 
Um, yeah. I love like anyone like yourself that's creating great content in the space yeah. and putting it out there. Like I'm always kind of like digging and looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm trying to get better. I'm trying to get better. But um, somebody told me the other day. So is she the one of the founders of the WeTube or is that not true at all? I don't think that I don't think that's true at all. Okay, but, yeah. Somebody told me that. But I think she was like a early like you know one of the main that people they brought on to help, you know, yeah, yeah. The traffic there. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I, I like saw her starting to blow up. I was like, you know, she has like kind of that mix of what does really well in the online media, like mm-hmm. cute, edgy, with opinion, funny, funny of, yeah. girl next door. Like I wanna like I can create that like online relationship with. Yeah, I, I didn't realize I didn't know about her. I was this pat uh, last year's Hempfest and I saw her like I realized that like I think I had met her, but uh but do you know like when she started like really blow up like what year because i'm dude i like my brain's gone when it comes like remembering yeah no i, I don't numbers come on dude you got to know that stuff man what about <laughs> no with those yeah <laughs> yeah there's a lot of incentive to remember stuff about unless they like launched it like around like a special event like oh seven ten or something yeah no i can't pinpoint that no you can't give me a direct day that she blew oh, yeah um yeah <laughs> have you uh have you seen uh, Jared Mursky's turning up the content creation on YouTube? Absolutely. I think he saw me. No, I'm joking. He definitely didn't. But uh, <laughs> I, he's, he's coming on here next. He's coming nice. on here. He's coming on here the next. Yeah, well, I already agree. He already agreed to do it. Uh, he wants me to come to uh, his office and just film it there. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. So I need to set that up and get like a, a engineer to help. But yeah, he just launched a YouTube and he looks yep. like he's kind of like building out a um, handful of like shows or playlists there that like with killer production value oh yeah they, they um, kill it they kill it yeah they, i think people uh, he works with are yeah I, I know a couple of them yeah he's got like like mitchell one take or yeah you know, he's yep. fire he's i i i don't know him i've seen him stuff though it's really dope yeah yeah no yeah jared jared's rolling some stuff out um i i, I do yeah i mean I think people are starting to take content and the digital landscape much more serious from a cannabis business standpoint and understanding yeah. the power of that. Have you heard of, um, it's, uh, it's like, it's called cannabis CCTV or something or cannabis or cannabis club TV. Yeah. Cannabis club TV has been around for a minute. Like they've been around of, for a minute, right? Yeah. Yeah. Based out of like, um, they're in like one of those like San, they're in like San Luis Obispo or like, mm. Santa Clara or something somewhere like that. down in California. Yeah. 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 They're, they're maybe interesting. Santa Cruz. Yeah. So they actually acquired a company. Um, I think they've been around doing good for a while. Um, and there was a, a Northwest company called vast that was, um, kind of, uh, putting some digital signage out there within cannabis stores. So they'd actually acquired them probably like 2017 ish time. Okay. And then, um, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that they create a whole lot of content no, themselves. They, they just host I think it. they're more of like yeah. almost like just think of it like a they're a network, a network that yeah. gets shows. Yeah. Um, we just we need more great content creators. I know you know what's up with Black Market Vikings. Oh I mean, yeah, dude, so good. Like that's uh, the funniest thing ever, and it has no like it does not have the views it should have. It should just not have the views it should have. It's like that thing is gold. Yeah. So explain the concept for the viewers. So and by the way, guys, if you guys want, I'll just say this, and then you can explain more. So, but if you want cannabis culture mixed with the Trailer Park Boys, and it's hilarious, go look up 
black black market vikings and ryan showed like, it to me uh, one day and this is from like this is from a dude who's like so legitimate he's like, like an og og right? yeah, yeah i mean yeah that's i so funny like you know he's got he's got a bunch of characters his name's yeah. uh you can find him on instagram he's cj underscore humble um you know he lives down in like the humble area yeah. um you know he is uh, really respected by a lot of people. He kind of runs probably in like that cool kids crowd, you know, of like the kind of California weed people that, um, you know, have a lot of, but you know, he's been creating some great comedy, um, skits and, 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 uh, it's hilarious. uh, The first, the first first one you showed me, they're like, they're like, it's, it, it like obviously is like hyper, you know, hyperbole in terms of like their skits and like they, they take like, common themes in the black market and then they they kind of make like complete like you know skits out of it like spoofs out of it like yeah the first episode they're like they have the guy tied up and they're like where's our money where's it's like and they got like the wrong guy or something i can't remember exactly no no they got that they just got like a total chad and right oh they got it yeah yeah and the guy's like i told you it's net 30 and they're like what's net 30 mean like they just don't know like some business terms. So they kind of play that up like crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got this like funny Darla character, which is like a total grow ho. Um, you know, I don't like, I mean, I guess I know some, I know some people that have like gone down to like humble, like for yeah. like trimming jobs and stuff. But um, you know, I'm, there's definitely like some danger and like, you know, probably like if you're a, a great looking girl, maybe it's a little yeah. sketch. So they kind humble. of play up oh, some yeah. of that humor. It's yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> They, they they yeah murder mountain uh, yeah but yeah. but dude cj humble and um black market vikings amazing content i think it's probably um you know it's definitely some of the edgiest content yeah but um but that's good though know, do you I follow that, much other kind of like media and like, yeah i follow a lot of media i haven't yeah like yeah i follow a lot of media cannabis i do but it's not and I and I recently, when I was actually writing up kind of an overview of the, this podcast, I remembered Black Market Black Market Vikings, and so I'm probably gonna go watch some of these after this, to be honest. But um, yeah, no, but yeah, sorry, but yeah, uh, yeah. His Darla know. and Connie character, yeah. um, they fight. They're like, it's just hilarious stuff. Um, I like think they could have their own show. Yeah. They like literally, like if you're familiar with like Rosa on tiktok like that's the rosa of cannabis yeah that's crazy so they're yeah. hilarious yeah they did yeah they're yeah they use all the stereotypes of the cult yeah it's so funny. yeah I'm, I'm definitely gonna check them out um but yeah what i mean so what other media um have you been into lately um Man, in terms ever, of yeah since since like you know i kind of been uh quarantined at home for a while um you know like the i don't know like if you're familiar with like barstool sports and uh, oh yeah dave portnoy from barstool sports but, like, he's been taking over um like he's boss. like he's just been blowing up in twitter and like in kind of like the fact that like everyone puts him on his show like he's on um you know like uh, squawk box and kramer and like all these shows because he's gone into day trading and he's yeah like, i saw that i saw master. that i saw he's that a he master goes, of media yeah, he's like i just want to i just made a million today even though i'm kind of an idiot about this i was i saw that the yeah. other day that killed me but I mean, like he's a smart he, just, he's a smart he knows he knows what content to create yeah. he can create it at a really cheap rate you know yes, like it's that not is like so important that I he can just pump yeah. out amazing content through his platform Absolutely. um he create he literally is earning media 
right? He mm -hmm. creates something funny or may, maybe, you know, cuts up like his, like, you know, some of his um, banter that is earning him uh, like CNN time just because he's entertaining. And so yes. like he's gaming that system so, oh, well. so well. Yeah. It becomes a, it becomes a positive feedback loop once you hit a certain point with media. And I once think, we get more of that, like once we get more of that in cannabis, like that'll be sick. Yeah. And, I, and I've been thinking about this though, is like, how far could cannabis media really go though? That's my always thing is they're really, cause I think they're, I mean, they're obviously is a ceiling to anything, but one thing that I, I really think that is important or like, I'm, you know, I'm still, you know, what Dave obviously has been working, you know, Dave Portnoy has been doing content for years and years. So he's learned how to really become a master of it. And I realize it's kind of how you have to do it. You have to adapt to certain trends, you know, understand, you know, uh, you know, producing shows and all that and what works. But um, I think that it's really critical for cannabis to, intertwine itself with other you know other industries because i don't know if the necessarily how wide the viewership base is i guess nowadays like even niche you know uh, markets are really profitable and really a lot of viewers there because there's so many people but do you think it could get like for example like like a like barstool sports right their main base they talk about a lot of things but it's sports right um, and then for example, you know, I like to follow like, uh, the music industry, right? They have people like you got your DJ academics, you got a bunch of shows, you got like, could it ever get like the music industry? You could ever get to like sports could cannabis be it's, I, that's the thing. That's why I think it's kind of I don't tough. No, but it's like, it's secretly in all of those, you yes. know, like, so Dave Portnoy, like he's always joking about getting high and stuff like that. So like he clearly is down for it. Um, what I think the reality is, and it's like what we face across this entire industry is it can get you in trouble right now. Yes, Too much yes. weed content, you might lose a YouTube page. So for instance, like Logan Paul did like a pretty crazy 420 episode. Um, definitely kind of like portrayed them smoking lots of weed, yeah. but you know, what did ha what would have happened if he would have been like so many other people that lost the YouTube page because of that? Like, that's a real risk. And so yeah. I think there's a lot of people that won't go out and invest the money in creating the great content out of that risk. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think in general, because it's just a new industry, I think a lot of people are afraid to, first of all, speak up about certain things. I mean, that's why we have the blacklist, to be honest, because I yeah. mean, that's different. I guess that's more so like you're dealing with you know, shitty people that are, you're calling them out. I went, I didn't realize until last night that they have a, the, I knew they had a website, but I didn't realize they have a posting of, this is the blacklist XYZ. They have postings that you can upload potentially stories about people. I can't do their website is like impossible to use. Yeah. Um, like I find yeah. it so hard. Like I'll see them sh like screenshot something. I'll go try to find it on the website. I can't. I, there's, um, the, yeah, I, there was so not as much online. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think the blacklist XYZ is funny too, because people are afraid of him. I mean, of the, I think it's just one dude, really. I mean, it's supposed to be a group of people, but he must be hustling hard, dude. Cause he's, you know, he stays yeah. on top of it. I've yeah, he does. them a lot. Um, yeah. they're just like on it and they've gotten themselves in a fair amount of trouble and they got to be willing to like deal with that and take that, you know, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, they need to literally probably just like start a little counter of like how many cease and desists. Cause I'm sure they've had like dozens by now. I, I could probably think of like, yeah, like, yeah, I know for, yeah. Cause he's made a lot of 
they, they've made a lot of enemies. They've made, I mean, obviously, I mean, you're going to do that if you're recalling people out. And I think it's in my opinion. I think it's good. I think it's that, that check and balance that that's not there. It's not, you know, it's the stuff that, you know, there's no one really there to help enforce and like stop that kind of stuff. Right. Like the scammers, yeah. there's obviously predators that they catch on that, like that they, they, they call out on that. Um, you know, people that are, you know, all of the bullshit from the black market that is, that has been brought in through the door with the legal cannabis industry. Yeah. It's just like, uh, when I was younger, there was like a site called the dirty, um, yeah, I think started with kind of like out of the Arizona, like Tempe area, you know, it's just like, people love that kind of shock and on news yeah. and like throwing kind of, um, throwing like different people under the bus, be it true or not. Um, so a little crazy, but yeah. like, so I get a little worried personally that, um, that it might be damaging, like even kind of going back to like creating technology, like we, we've got, we've always been like top tenors, like we're going to have a leaderboard of like, who's the best, but like, we've not executed it right. And I get apologies, technical difficulties. Talk, I guess let's talk about, um, I guess cannabis, I want to talk a little bit more about, I guess, cannabis data. Yeah. Um, go and, and we, and I just want to address really quick and then we can kind of move on maybe other aspects of that uh, topic, but for retailers, it's pretty much very hard. It's really hard, right. To get specific customer data, right. Because you need something to identify the person. So that's what a loyalty card is. That's what a membership card is usually. So like, you're going to Safeway, right? This is for the viewers, right? If uh, you're going to Safeway, they ask you always if you want this membership card. Well, that's to track your products so that they can, you know, over time build a customer you know, data profile on you and then know maybe what coupons to send you. I mean, there's the whole famous story of like the girl who like the dad got kept sending, you know, get, getting sent a baby, uh, you know, different uh, pregnancy um, uh, items or whatever, you know, diapers yeah, and all this. And he's like, why? He's like, like, why basically, yeah. Yeah, they can like, model out um, the consumer faster than other people are going to know. Yeah, absolutely. And I've, I mean, the data nowadays too, I mean, I've heard like, for example, I've heard Facebook literally can know like when you poo. <laughs> I'm not like joking. It's like, I'm not it's like, like Facebook's data by, by far is one of the most, I mean, Google and Facebook obviously are you know, absolute you know, behemoths, but yeah, that always creeped me out, though. Like, I, I heard that about a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. Because they know somehow they can, I mean, like, the thing, like, when I'm at night, I've started to get recently, you get, like, the, oh, do you want to put your alarm on? Because you've been doing this every night, right? And it's just all these different things. I mean, it's kind of creepy, I guess, um, in terms of how much shit they know about you. They know when you're balanced. But, I mean, you know, you know we, kind of, we kind of touched on this earlier, like, data security um, in our current industry um, because frankly like the you know there is a fair amount of data that like lives within the ecosystem of a cannabis retailer and um, you know there's some companies out there like headset and BDS analytics they get a lot of data um, in some cases like too much data for the what they predict but you know they're kind of rolling up like transactional data um, you know how much is a market selling Know what products are moving market, market, but beyond that there's a yeah market yeah is, but yeah. beyond that there's just a ton of you know 
if you think of all the different components of a retail business, there's a ton of data points. Um, and you know, for the most part, like the cannabis stores thus far aren't that sophisticated in capturing it. Um, you know, like it kind of all like to, for me and like from my experience, it, you still there? Yep. Oh, it kind of revolves around like having a repository of where you store all that information that you're building and or collecting. And, um, you know, like just saying like my point of sale has it like, well, your point of sale could like break tonight or like they could have an outage and like lose a bunch of data. Like you don't have it. You got to like create that localized kind of storage or backup or like where you keep it. And so the idea of a retailer creating a dare to warehouse, starting to bring all that data in, we'll definitely see. I mean, it's, it's happening from the smartest retailers out there. Um, and, uh, you know, they're capturing a lot of data points to connect you connect kind of like a piece of data to what's being purchased. Um, beyond that also, like, let's say you're online ordering, um, there's not many people that like are kind of at this level, but ultimately, um, you know, just from the cookie data, we can actually, uh, know how many cannabis stores you visit in a month and actually estimate kind of what your value is as a customer. Uh, so you can start to, wow. And so you can start to, you know, tear out. These are certain, yeah, certain. There's uh, a handful, handful of, um, you know, services out there that basically have geofenced like every oh, recreational that's cannabis how they business. Do it. That makes and sense. So they're, um, they buy from the data networks, you know? And so it's like, literally it's as easy as being like, Oh, boom. I just got like this order from like Luke. This is his phone number. I'm going to submit his name, his phone number and his IP. They're going to tell me how many like, you know, places he's been, um, from yeah. this cannabis segment. It's like, boom. Okay. Like Luke visits. And it's like, also it's like, if you visit like, let's say 18 times, you're a worker, you're not a consumer. Uh, right. You know, so but like, smart, oh, yeah. like if you're coming in the three or four, um, you know, we can start to say, man, this customer's worth, you know, 700 bucks a month, or maybe they're worth, you know, 120 bucks a month. Yeah. Um, wow. Building up that profile on the consumer, um, you know, understanding how many stores they might pass by to come to you. Those are like the data points that the most sophisticated businesses um, are starting to build. Yeah. And, it's so, and then also yeah. like, let's just say you buy cartridges. Mm -hmm. We should have, we like, if I'm a retailer, I need to start to think about what I had in stock to sell you because that would completely drive the transaction. Yeah, and it also yeah. determine, yeah, what inventory you're getting in the long run. It helps, you know, over time shape, you know, what, how much specifically you need to buy. And it become, I mean, like Trader Joe's is a great example. I mean, they, they're really good at that. They, their business model is they pretty much white label everything else, but they white label everything, but they, they buy ridiculous amounts every single day. Grocery stores in general, they have it down, right? They know how to manage the inventory. But maybe they don't, right? Because that's why Amazon bought Whole Foods. Yes, yes. And, so, and Amazon, you know, yeah, Amazon's, yeah, Amazon's crazy with their... Yeah, the, I mean, the story I've heard there, though, is that ultimately, um, through kind of like Amazon Fresh and others, they didn't have enough purchase data to really build the models to better understand it. So they actually then had to go and buy that kind of brick and mortar footprint to get more data to build their engine that will ultimately probably be a service that every, um, every single, uh, grocery store needs. Yeah. And it's, it showcases, I mean, 
the executives over at Amazon, I mean, they understand when they enter, they're not going to enter a market unless they have a sufficient amount of data because they yeah. know how important that is. And, you know, they started the, the Amazon web services pretty early on. Now that's like by far one of their biggest cash cows. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think, uh, I don't know. Like it literally it to their P and L, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah. like cloud, you know, all the businesses, um, you know, wall street really wants them to break out, break out their cloud revenues, but you know, you've got like Google, um, Amazon, Microsoft, then some smaller players like box, like they really all play in that cloud, um, hosting and processing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's, that's insane. I mean, especially, and I also would say too, like, like the, the, the cannabis data that, you know, these retail, these sophisticated retailers, um, that, you know, they're investing in this. I mean, especially in a new industry like this, the data is so valuable, right? Um, I guess over time, I guess over time though, it would be more and more accurate though, right? Yeah. You start to like, you start to feed the model, but I mean, I think the key is um, like starting to collect the data. So you have it, have it in systems where you can actually use it. Um, yeah. I think that's like the challenging part and those like building that system or building those tools, making those like buying the products, like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to use Google Firebase. Like, okay, why are you using Google Firebase or not one of these other products? Um, you know, those are like, really technical decisions that are going to have like big impact on how much it costs you to run that system. Um, so for instance, um, a really important data point for cannabis retailers to know how far a customer traveled to purchase. Well, let's say you happen to have their home address. You now have to calculate the distance from home address to that yeah, like sure, you could just go and like Google and like do like directions and I'll give you, but like to build that as a process to be a business and then to think about how you're going to process perhaps a thousand of those a day, you know, there's a real cost to that. Yeah. So like different location yeah, services. Yeah. 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 And, and isn't it, isn't it true though? Like, um, you know, once somebody has your phone number, they pretty much can figure everything out. Yeah. Um, like, it's not like super easy, but there's like, like definitely, like, yeah. if you, if you got someone's phone number and you know, yeah. use something like Spokio or others, mm-hmm. like for 40 bucks, you can find out the data. Yeah, no, it's crazy. I, I learned that I think about like a half a year ago or something around there. And it was, it was like, yeah, like people give out their number a lot more than maybe they should. I, I don't know. That's not, I guess. Yeah. I, at this point in time, in terms of like collecting data, like it's, we're so far gone past that like you know there's spot you know the government's spying on us you know who cares at this point to me i mean yeah i don't get i don't get worked up on it like yeah i don't uh, (laughs) it's just like it's a fact of life you know i don't think that anything's that secretive in that sense i don't personally i don't get freaked out about that stuff um you know i do subscribe to a vpn service that i use in some situations um sometimes so it just kind of creates me more problems like i would use a vpn if it was, if it was easier, but like the second it kind of creates like cookie and login problems, then it's creating more friction for me. So I don't use VPN that heavily. Yeah, no, it's, it's slows. Yeah. It always slows stuff down. And, um, but no, I, yeah, I have a VPN too. I think everyone at this point, you know, should have a VPN if, uh, you know, you ever feel like you, if you're in a public place, especially, um, 
Yeah, it's yeah, definitely. Uh, if you're in a public yeah, place, definitely in a public yeah, place. Like I, don't, I don't even use public internet to be honest. So. Yeah, I was gonna say like when I'm in a, like if I'm in an airport, like I'm probably not gonna be doing oh, much yeah. like logging into services or things no, like yeah. that. No, absolutely, absolutely. I always like I don't even tr- like most of the places I have to create a password. I get worried about that, you know. Um, like that's one right one reason why you definitely have to use a password uh, manager. Yeah, uh, I feel like like straight up needs to mandate that cannabis stores use password managers because I know too many owners that literally have a you know Excel file of all their passwords and it scares the hell out of me. Yeah, that yeah that is scary. I mean, yeah, <laughs> and like you know just the turnover like. Yeah, the turnover is insane. I mean, yeah, the turnover in the cannabis industry. Yeah, we you know we talked about that at the very beginning, but um, yeah, no, the turnover is it's. I I first kind of I guess, I kind of first thought I was like oh you know it's these it's these owners that are just trying to save money and you know I was talk I was talking to uh, Aaron uh, Lapsansky is episode number two number number two yeah, and she told me which I thought was a great point she's like don't don't give too much credit to malevolent malevolency rather than to stupidity, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, yeah. Okay. I mean, the, um, the, but then there's, you know, I'd say not to call like, buttoners stupidity, like, but just, just people, no, but like just, people messing up, like for they, example, they over order and they can't afford it. it. And one of the ways to think about it is kind of like, what can I learn from this business? What is there still to learn? Um, can I grow? Okay, so my internet sucks. Uh, this is unfortunately uh, it ruined the end of the podcast. Podcast number ten of the Frame of Flower podcast uh, with Ryan Porter. But I uh, just want to say shout out to you, Ryan. Really appreciate you for coming on. We had a dope conversation and your internet is far superior than mine. But uh, yeah, sorry again about that. Uh, all the listeners, appreciate y'all for sticking around, uh, especially you made it to the end. Uh, but yes, my internet is shit right now for some weird reason. Goddamn Comcast. Um, anyway, uh this is episode 10. This is with Ryan Porter. Definitely, guys, go check out uh, Top Tender. Really cool platform, especially if you are a bud tender. Um, anyways, really appreciate y'all. Much love. Peace.